We're reading out of John this morning, chapter 15, verses 4 to 5. Um, somewhere along the 4th, I knew I was going to speak along these lines. That was confirmed even further for me on the 7th. And this morning, I got up to put it, on, put it down on paper so I knew what I was going to say specifically. And I realized quite quickly, I needed the other Bible. I had, I've been reading the modern English version, which takes up, we're going to get to the word abide, which takes the word abide and, and uses remain. And that's okay, because I'm going to say remain too. But, but I needed the old, the, the, the New American Standard, because that one uses abide, and abide just rings better in my head. Chapter, chapter 15, John, 4 and 5. Abide in me. This is Jesus speaking. Jesus speaking. I think we know that. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide. I went to abide this Bible because of it. It's a Greek word from the word meno. And that means it's, it's a place you stay. You stay in a place. You stay in a state. You, you stay in a relation. The dictionary defines it the same thing. To remain in a place. To stay in a place. Abide. In either case, whether it's the Bible, whether it's your concordance, it's a place of consistency. It's a place of consistency. It's where we stay. It's where we remain. That's where we abide. And, and not to offend, but there's no 15-minute devotional. There's no early morning Bible reading that will satisfy the need to stay, the need to abide throughout the day. It's... If, if, if it's a 15-minute devotional, if, it's, a fifth, if it's, a, it's an early morning Bible reading, and you pop in and you pop out and go about your day, you, you're, visit, you're visiting. You're not abiding. You're just, you're just visiting. We need to get to a place where we abide, where we stay, where we remain. And I know life is busy. Jobs are, I'm going to say, personal experience, jobs are intrusive to abiding. But, but we have to learn. And I know when I first started reading the Bible for real, because I've read the Bible a lot for years, but when you first start really taking it to that place of, of relationship, to that place of intimacy with your Lord, you want more. You want more relationship. You want more to abide. You want to stay in that place. And the Lord's not leaving. We all know that. He's with us at all times. So it's, I can't say simply a matter of, but I want to say simply a matter of learning to abide. And you learn to abide by spending time, intimate time with the Lord. I think that's it. I could say more, but I think I said what needs to be said. Let's let's all stand. Father, we thank you. Oh, Lord, creator of all, we thank you that you love us, that you love us, Father, and you, 
you desire for us to abide. Lord, that we to grow to that place where we just want to spend our time with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Yes, we do give glory to you, Jesus. We give you glory, Lord, for all that you're doing, all that you've done for us, all that's in the days to come. Father, we give you the glory because you're the only one who deserves it. You're the only name that deserves that glory. Glory to Jesus. Glory to you. Glory to you, Father. Glory to that name. Glory to your name, Father. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Glory to your holy name. Glory. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We've been there before. We'll be there again. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, begin with verse 4 says, this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, says, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. Yes, they are. Now turn over just a couple more pages. Well, actually, maybe more than a couple. Keep going to the right. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Because we've been talking about, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We've been talking about power. We've spent the last few weeks talking about uh, the power of God. And uh, that's all well and good. You know, that's awesome. How many here want to see the power? How many want, how many want power? the power of God in their life. I mean, that's, that's, man, that's the real stuff right there, man. That's, that's what we're talking about here. You know, we've, God is, a, is an active God. Like last week we talked, he's not an absentee father. He's, he's present. He's an ever-present. And he's not an impotent God. He's not like, well, gosh, I hope this all turns out okay. You know, gosh, I, I, hope, I didn't know that was going to happen. Well, whew, if I'd have known that was, I'd have done it different. Well, no, he knows exactly what he's doing. And in him is power. In him is authority. In him is, is everything we need for life and godliness. And so walking in that power is, is where he meant for us to be. That's the other thing. He didn't just put you here and go, well, good luck, Jamie. Good luck. Hope you make it. You know, hope you. We'll see, you know. Touch and go, you know. No, he, he gives us everything we need, including the power to live the life here on earth. Amen. And not live, you know, well, barely making it, Ooh, you know. No, power, power. I mean, he wouldn't have said, you know, as much as he did about the power if he didn't mean it. He would, it wouldn't be in the Bible if he didn't mean it. You know, we don't need to apologize for God. You know, God is all powerful, but good luck. You know, but he may not do it for you. You know, he did it for me. But, you know, you're you. No, he is, he is who he is. It's his nature to give you everything that he has. He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And that includes his power. 
But what do we do with it now? What do we do with that power? You know, is it, and I immediately start thinking about, uh, uh, you know, the Star Wars. You know, Star Wars and the evil emperor. You know, that power. I got all this power. My goodness, people. It's not what he's talking about. It's not, it's not blue lightning from your fingertips. That'd be cool, That'd be cool though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Watch this, you know, yeah, it'd be cool. No, but he did, it isn't about that. It, it is about the real power that changes lives. Real power that affects the world around us. Real power that gives you a life and life more abundantly and others life and life more abundantly. But how do we function within that? If I were to take a poll, if I were to take a poll right now, on a scale of one to ten, one meaning very little or no power, or ten the ultimate power of God, all power. Wow! I mean, power to raise the dead. You know, power. You know, to to you know miracles. You know, for for waters to be parted, and you know, I mean, the big stuff, the cool stuff. On a on a scale of one to ten, don't raise your hand. Don't shout it out. On a scale of 1 to 10, what level of power are you living in currently? I know. I know. It's like, oh, that's there, you know. How, what, what love, you know, most people when they wake up, especially Monday mornings, you know, they're working at about 0.5. Until they get their coffee and then it's 1.5, but you know. But it's but what level? I mean, what kind of power of God is operating in your life? Well, you'll be surprised to know. It has nothing to do about how you feel about it. It has nothing to do with about what you think you have. Well, you know, I sinned this last week. Who sinned this last week? Anybody? All right, one. Okay, thank you, thank you. The rest of you did. Yes, just now. Just now you did. You lied. You're going to do an altar call. That's right. Well, because I sinned this week, you know, the power dropped from three to two. You know, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with performance. It has nothing to do with anything. It has to do with what? Him. It has to do with him. And he said, he said, I give you everything you need for life and godliness. He said that, I just want, I want, and you know why he wants to do that? You know why he did that? Because he just loves you. He just loves you. And he loves all the other dirty, rotten sinners out there. And I say that completely facetiously. All the ungodly, he loves them too. And he loves them so much, he wants to show himself through you so that they see him, and they see him in the right way. Amen. He's, not a, he's not a powerless God. He's a powerful God. He's a, he's a, he, he is a, an all-knowing, all-encompassing, all, been there before, knows the beginning from there, the end from the beginning. He's, he's all in all. He's everything. Powerful God. And he has decided by his desire, by his nature, to show it through you and I. Is there anyone here who is disqualified from the power of God flowing through you? This is a completely loaded question. 
Is there anyone here disqualified from the power of God flowing through you? No. So why don't we see more of it? Why don't we see more? Turn, you should be there already, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness. Where did he say that? Where did he say, let light shine out of darkness? Genesis. Genesis. In the beginning, he said, let light shine out of darkness. At that moment, I mean, at that moment when he said that, was, had light ever shone out of darkness? Not that we know of. Not, not that we can show on, in Scripture. No. It had not happened. So he literally, boy, catch this, catch this as quickly as you can. He can literally produce power, light, because, I mean, light comes, you know, if, we, if we turned off the power to this building, the lights would go out. So there's power behind light. So when he said, let light shine out of darkness, his, he brought something out of nothing by his power. Was it, was it uh, predicated by how good the earth was? Or how good creation? No, it's because of his will. He said, let light come out of darkness. He can choose, he can decide, light, I want light to come out of grace. I want light and truth, and, it, and he does, doesn't he? But I could put any one of your names in there. Wayne, I'm looking through the... Betty, is there any Bettys here? I don't know why Betty, Betty pops in. Maybe it was a word of knowledge. Betty's online. Betty's online, there we go. He can, he can literally, he wants to, to shine through you, but it wasn't because the earth was good or the earth was, no, he, it's because his desire was the light would shine. Everything he does is because of his desire. It's because it's, what, it's, it's his nature to produce life and light and, and everything we need. It had nothing to do with the sun. How do we know that? Because it wasn't there. It hadn't been invented yet or created. It didn't come for a while later. Let there be light. Why? Because light is not determined on physical things. Ooh. The light that is shown, the light that is shown is not predicated by physical anything. It's out of his will. It's out of his it's out of his it's out of him he shines light out of out through whatever he wants to shine light through and he chose you and he chose me and he chose you and he chose you he chose us he chose people would you have chosen you for god to show, shine his light through no you wouldn't we none of us and if we're being really true and, and humble and everything else you know we would say no nah, you know I'd, I'd i'd pick somebody else pastor greg you know, I, I, you know, that's who I would, you know, I mean, I'm sure I can totally get why God would want to shine light through him. But not me, because I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not, per, you know, I'm perfect. I'm not, I'm not skilled. I'm not learned. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. It has nothing to do with that. It's his, out of his will. He wants to shine light through Greg, because if God will shine light through Greg, 
Anyone. Literally anyone. Amen. For God said, light, let, let light shine out of darkness. You know, praise God. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts, say our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He chose to shine light through you. He has chosen. He has chosen to shine light through you. He has, shown, he has chosen the, the least likely of least likelies. I'm a least likely of least likelies. Trust me. I am. If you know my history, if you know anything about my history, I, I, shared, I shared a story the other day and somebody went, really? That wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been you know, how I thought the story was going to go. I know. I was, I'm the least likely of the least likely. But God shines his light through me. Why? Because I let him. Because I'm just grateful and, and love him so much and, and, and want to see him glorified, I'll go, okay, God, do whatever you want. Now, it took me years to get there because my pride would say, well, don't use me. Use somebody else because I, I don't fit the bill. You know, use, use, use the, the, the interns because they've been to Bible college. Use, use Brian and, and, and Justin. You know, they've been, they, they know God. And they're perfect in every way. <laughs> you can just tell. But I'm sure they'll tell you we're the least likely of the least likelies. Why? Because we're human. Listen, we're all human. But he, he decided he wants to show. He's, the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has chosen, and let's get the, the exact wording, said, uh, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was, was uh, transfigured on the mountain, it said that his face shone with the power of God. Everywhere where God is, you know, there's light and there's, there's brightness. There's, and, th and that light of the face of the glory of Jesus Christ, he wants to shine through you. Now, how do we do that? Because most of us would love to see our prayers answered and a miracle happen, wouldn't we? I mean, we'd love that, wouldn't we? I want to know how that works. I'd love, I'd love to be able to, to, to share a few words with somebody and they get saved. I would love to know what I can do to, to, to further the kingdom of God through my life. And, and the whole thing is, is what I can do to further the kingdom equals nothing. Zero. I can't do anything through my knowledge, through my wisdom. That's why Paul says, I don't, I don't come to you with wisdom and, and, the, and, and human knowledge trying to, trying to persuade you. I want to show you the power of God. He says, I want, he, he's giving us the secret to this whole thing when he just says, I want. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. I want. The first step is you have to want. We have to want to show him to others. We have to want to be that, 
conduit to shine light into this world. If you don't want to, well, we need to work on that. If you don't want to, well, there's other problems we're dealing with there. Man, as soon as I got saved, I wanted people to not go to hell. I did, right from the beginning. I, 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 have a, I had a lot of really good friends that I immediately went, whoa, I don't want them to die in their sin. I had friends who died in their sins, man. I did. I mean, it's sad to say. I mean, I'd, I had friends who died before they could hope. I mean, maybe they did. Maybe, you know, in that last second. I don't, we don't know. We don't judge hearts. But for all intents and purposes, I know people who died before they could receive Christ. And that just, oh, that aches. I wanted the light of God to shine through me, but I didn't know how, or I was self, you know, I lacked self-confidence, or I lacked knowledge to know that he could. And so I was really nervous. How do I do this? How do I do this? Well, we'll talk about that. Let light, let light, for the God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But here we go. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair. We have been given this treasure in jars of clay. God describes us, God through Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul, describes you and I as jars of clay. Now you've probably heard many stories about, you know, sermons about this. I don't need to go into all the detail of it, but why? Why, why, do, why, do we, why does Paul use that terminology? Why does, why does the Holy Spirit through Paul use the terminology of jars of clay? As a kid, did anybody carry their mother's potting, you know, their, their, their mother's uh, uh, plant pots across the yard? Did you ever drop one? I did. I did. Dropped one. What had happened to it? Why? Because they're fragile. They're beautiful. They're neat. You know, they're, they're functional. They're, they're wonderful. They're amazing. But they, in, in and of themselves, are fragile and can break. And I don't care how beautiful they were. I don't care what they looked like before. But when they shatter, even if you try to glue them back together, which I never did, but I've watched the TV, you know, the kids' uh, TV shows that, where they try to glue it back together, it looks nothing like what it was before. But even if you glued it back together, here's the beautiful thing. My life, God glued me back together, and I still got some of the scars I still have some of the, you know, emotional scars, some of the physical scars, some of the, but it still functions as a pot. And the maker, the one who made us, decided, you're going to be, you have a purpose. And that is to carry my glory. But, you know, everybody tries to disqualify themselves. Well, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. And you might say it this way, I'm just a clay pot. Because that's what Paul said. You're just a clay pot. It means if you don't handle it correctly, it'll break. It'll fall. It'll, break. it'll crush. It'll... But even if you glue it back together, you still look, you know. But out of that, that clay pot, out of that can come the same power 
that rose Jesus from the dead. Because, as it says here, it's a surpassing power that has nothing to do with you. This power, when we're talking about power from here on forward, I don't know how long we'll talk about power, you have to get this out of your head that it has anything to do with you. It has nothing to do with you. I don't care if you lead 10 million people to Jesus. It had nothing to do with you. Okay, let's just, I'll, I'll put in one, for instance, willingness. You were willing. You were open to it. You're, you were obedient. Yes, of course that's, but, but the actual act of them being saved, even if it's 10 million people, has nothing to do with you. Somebody's body being restored because you prayed for them, they were healed, had nothing to do, will have nothing to do with you, except your willingness and obedience and which is powerful. That's very powerful. But the sooner you just go, I'm willing. The, you know, the, the, the quicker you, that we all say, I'm willing. I want to be used of God. I'm willing for him to use me. Let's, let's just say it. Let's just, get it over, let's just go over that hump this morning. I'm willing. I'm now, don't say it if you don't mean it. I won't look. I won't look at people's <laughs> lips moving. But if you really mean it in your heart, say, I'm willing. I'm willing. I'm willing. And the more you say, I'm willing, and the more you're obedient to that, you will actually see the power of God more and more. It's all the time. Anywhere. Could happen anywhere. Could happen any moment. Man, I'm, I'm actually surprised sometimes where I hear somebody will go, oh, you said this. And this happened. God did this in my life. I'm like, really? Number one, I don't remember saying it. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Why? Because I just want to, I'm willing. I get up in the morning willing. Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm in. However you want to do this. For your glory. But it has nothing to do. Walking on water has nothing to do with you. Just try it in your own strength. I've, still, I've told this story. I tried to walk on the Sea of Galilee. I was there. I wanted, I thought, you know what? How many opportunities do you get? I want to try I took one step, guess what happened? I sank. My foot got wet. Maybe I should have took four steps and see, you know, maybe I quit too early, I don't know. But I was like, I don't have another pair of shoes to change into, so. <laughs> try to walk on water. Try, try to witness in your own strength, in your own wisdom. Try to cast out a demon in your own strength, in your own power. It don't happen. Try to do anything. Because it's not your power. It's not your power. Once you become a part of his kingdom, once you become a, become a part of the family, you are perfectly equipped to shine light. He makes you perfectly equipped. Even in you know, your, the newness of your, chain, of your regeneration. That, that sounds really weird. When you get saved, you still have some old habits, didn't you? Didn't you? It doesn't, you don't have them anymore, right? You don't have any more of those bad habits or those mindsets or those stuff. We do, but even when you did, man, I, I got saved. I rededicated my life to the Lord, and the next day God wanted to use me because I ran into an old friend, and he said, hey, let's go th do this. And I went, I can't. He said, why? And I said, well, because I made a decision last night. And he goes, what's that? And he goes, well, I, I decided to follow Jesus. I'm like, I gave my life to Jesus. And he went, what? 
what? One night I was sitting in my, in my apartment and I was reading stuff and I was, I was bored. I had no friends. I, I literally had to walk away from all my friends. I had well, born, you know, I was you know, born again, really, reliving my, you know, rededicated my life to the Lord. And I'm sitting there and I, I ever, how many of you remember Chick Tracks? Chick Tracks, are you really old people? Chick Tracks? Chick Tracks were these, these tracks. They're, they're little, little rectangle things when they had different themes and you could hand them to people. And, you know, and I was reading, and there, I, somebody, somebody, I got a pile of Chick Tracks because I was going to hand them out. And, and I'm, it's cold. It's like, it's like November, or early December, and it's cold. And I'm, and I'm uh, sitting there reading Chick Tracks, you know, working on it, you know, getting memorized, you know, reading them. And all of a sudden I'm reading one about, uh, is it William Booth? Who is the head of the Salvation Army? William Booth, yeah. But William Booth, you know that William Booth had, a, uh, had a, uh, an experience where he died. And then, and then he actually went to heaven. Have you ever heard that? that uh, William Booth had an experience where he died. He had some kind of uh, ailment. He died. And he, he, he remembers it being in that state. He remembers going to heaven. He, he got to, the, to the, uh, the gates of heaven. And he walked in. And people started coming to him. People he knew. And went, hey, William, you're here. It's all so awesome. Hey, did you, were you able to talk to my, my brother about Jesus? And William goes, no, I, I didn't do that. And he's like, oh, that's okay, that's okay. No worry, you're here now. Yay, we're here, here. And he walked a little further into heaven. Another person met him. Oh, William, I'm so glad you're here. Were you able to talk to so-and-so, our neighbor? Did you ever tell them about Jesus? And he's like, no, I didn't. And he had four or five people that walked up to him in heaven and said, Did you, were you able to do that? He goes, I, I didn't. And the next person he sees was Jesus. And Jesus had a big smile on his face. And he goes, William, I'm so glad you're here. And he goes, but Lord, I, I just realized I didn't do what I was supposed to. And Jesus got an even bigger smile and says, good, that's why you're going back. And he went back and started preaching, Salvation Army, preaching, preaching the word of God to whoever would listen. An opportunity, just being light, being willing so I'm reading that track. I get all convicted. It's, it's November, December, and I'm going like, Lord, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. I'll, tell, I'll go wherever you tell me to go. And the Holy Spirit said, good. I want you to take all those tracks, and I want you to go up to the strip joint uptown. I didn't go inside. Just in yell, we're going to stop, you know, stop that. I did not go inside. I want you to go up the strip joint. I want you to stand outside, and I want you to hand out tracks tonight. I was like, What? It's cold out there. You just said you'll go anywhere I want you to go, do anything I want you to do. Okay, here we go. So I went up to the strip joint. I'm standing outside the strip joint with my pack, you know, packet of tracks, and as people walk by, I'd hand them to them. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> I had people laugh at me. I had, a, I had a guy, biker, came out of the strip joint, and he's pretty, pretty lit up. He walks by me, hey man, Jesus loves you. And he looks at me, and he takes that track, throws, throws it in my chest, get the blank away from me, who the blank do you think you are? You blank and blank, 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 blank. And he's blanking me as he's walking down the street. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit says, He'll, that man will remember that on Judgment Day. bunch of people went by. Some people took it. Some people didn't. Some people I recognized because, I mean, I'd hung out in areas like that. 
hanging out. All of a sudden, the door opens up, and this guy, this guy, you know, we talk about old friends and how they react, you know. This guy comes out, and he's, he's man, he's gone. He's past lit up. He's just work, and he walks over me, and he goes, oh, man, Neats, how you doing? I was called Neats back then, you know. I was, I was Neats. Neats, how you doing, man? I'm going, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Well, I'm having fun. Life is good. He goes, what are you, I haven't seen you in a long time. Where have you been? And I said, well... I rededicated my life to Jesus. He went, no. Oh, dude. Whoa, now I know I'm drunk. You know. And <laughs> so I gave him a track and he staggered away. That whole night, man, all I got was rejection, seemingly. All I got was rejection. So I kind of, well, Lord, this is your deal. You told me to come up here. You told me to do this. All right, fine. I did it. Went home, went to bed. Next morning was Sunday. I get up, I go to church, sitting in the back row, because that's where I would sit. If I wasn't a pastor, I'd be in the back row, just so you know. Sitting in the back row, and I'm sitting there, and I'm just thinking, Lord, was that, did that have any effect whatsoever? Any. I mean, I, any effect. Because it seemed like nothing. I mean, I found tracks laying around on the ground. I, I mean, it was just, I was, I was really discouraged. And just then, the door opens up, and a girl I remember handing one to walked in the back door. Let, let, let your light so shine before. I didn't, know, I didn't say anything wise that night. I just did what he told me to do. That's it. Man, I just pray that that girl, it stuck, man. I, I don't know. I never talked to her. All I did was hand her a track. Just did what, he, what God told me to do. Let your light shine. You, you are light. Say, I'm light. I'm light. Do you feel like light? No, but you are a light. You are light. Let your light shine before man. Now, uh, before I, you know, when I came in this morning, I was looking for a prop, and I looked, and, and I tried to find out, you know, and looking around for a flashlight, you know, because a light, you know, got a flashlight. Cool little light. If you can see this, it's not pristine. It is not brand new, is it? You, you go ahead and look at it. Is that brand new? No, it's, it's well-worn. Now, here's the cool thing. Now, you never know what you got in the building. How, how many of you have a, per, have a light in your purse or your pocket? Raise your hand if you got a light in your... Look at this. Interesting. No, I know your phones. Not, not, not phone, not phone, not phone. Okay, everybody has one of those. But you're supposed to turn that off, okay? How many, have, how many have a light, a flashlight in your pocket or in your, you know, in your, a few? Ladies, yeah, one, one guy, okay, good. So I was, I was scrounging around up there in the, in the sound booth and I said, and they go, what, what are you doing? Jason goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm looking for a light, but I need something really bright. And I found a light and it was like, bleh, you know. And, 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 and I said, I'm looking for a light. And he goes, well, how bright does it need to be? And I said, I'd like it to be kind of bright. You know, it needs to be, you know, fairly for the, for the, uh, the effect. And he goes, oh, right here. And he reaches into his pocket and pulls out this light. I went, that's cool. That is cool. Any guy who's walking around with a good flashlight in his pocket, in case of the lights go out, I know who to look for. Jason! <laughs> now this light, this light, is this light shining? There's a light bulb in here, right? That's how it works, I think. Magic? No, light bulb. There's a light bulb in here. Is that light, is that light bulb lit? 
No. Does that, ha- does that light bulb have the power or the ability to light up in and of itself? No. You've got to have something else to give it the power. You see where I'm going with this? You don't have the light in you. I mean, you have the light in you, but you don't have the ability, you don't have the, uh, the power with it, in your own strength to light up. I mean, okay, if I want this light bulb to light up, let's go, okay, light bulb, we need to work here. Here go, light bulb, light up. I don't care how hard that light bulb strains, it can't light itself up. That light bulb needs a power source. We have a power source. He's given us power. He says, he says right there in 2 Corinthians, he says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. This, this light bulb cannot light itself up. You cannot light yourself up to show the power of or to show the, the, the light of God in and of yourself. Doesn't matter how hard you try, doesn't matter how hard you work at it, doesn't matter how many verses you learn, doesn't matter how many how many times you pray, it has nothing to do with the physical. It has everything to do with what's back here and what's right there. Because first of all, you have to have the power. You've got to have some batteries in this. And Jason, Jason put in some new batteries for me. He goes, oh, you want it to be really bright? Here we go. Now, I'm not sure if this is one of those lights that can, like, start fires. I've seen those. And I, I want to get one of those. I just, you know, it's kind of like a, la- you know, a, a laser sword, you know, kind of. But then, then somebody would get it and burn something with it, and it'd be my fault. And... This... This is powerful. I actually tested it on Jason. I said, how bright is this? And he goes, thanks. Thanks a lot. <laughs> but you want to turn the lights down? Take, take the lights down a little bit. If we can do that, you know, we can take the lights down. So this bulb has no power in and of itself to light up anything. Which camera am I on? I'm on that camera? Because I'm going to do it to the camera first so the people at home can watch this forever. But this... <laughs> This bulb has no power in and of itself, just like you don't have power in and of yourself. But that light bulb is connected to the power source in here. And if I were to lay this in right there, and, and I were to say, okay, light, you're, you're connected to the source, light up. Okay, now light up. I need you to light up. I need some light. I need, it's dark in here. I need some light. You know, it doesn't matter how much you want it to light up. It can't light up until somebody who's in charge pushes the button. Hmm. You know, you can want to share your faith and to be effective and all, but unless God is the one who flips the switch, you can talk all you want. You can pray for people just because you want to. But unless God is going, it's time to heal. Do you know that Jesus, there were times he says he realized, he, he discerned that there was power to heal. It was time to heal. There are times to heal. There's times that Jesus didn't heal. How do I know that? Because there was a guy at the gate beautiful who had been there for what, 40 years? I mean, he'd been there, he'd been, he'd been sitting at the gate beautiful begging for years. Jesus had to walk by him and he didn't heal him. I don't know why. I don't know, understand the theology of that. But it was when Peter and John walked by, it was time to heal. 
for him. I don't understand all that. I wished I had a full realization of why there's times and there isn't times. But God does heal. He will heal. He has healed you. But you gotta, it's got to be connected. There's, it's, gotta be, it's his will. It's, his, it's in his moment, in that time, in the perfect place. But that can sit there, but it's not going to light up. It's not until somebody who's ready to use this thing for a specific purpose stands here and does this. Let there be light. So it takes light. It takes, uh, it takes God working through your life. Now, when that happens, he'll say, you know, hey, it's time to share your faith. Here we go. <laughs> now, she saw it coming. She knows me. She knows me too well. We were driving across North Dakota one night. Remember that? Oh, yeah, I'm telling it. I'm telling it. We were driving, you can turn the light back up. Uh, we were driving across North Dakota one night. We were taking a youth trip out to, uh, out to the West Coast. We drove down uh, the highway. We had, what, 20 some people in three ve- two vehicles. We had a big RV with everybody in it. And then we had another vehicle that we were, and we would take turns off driving the, the other vehicle because that's where we went and got groceries and everything. We're going across North Dakota. Jamie's driving. I'm sitting in the passenger seat. We're middle of the night, one, two o'clock in the morning, and there's a storm. I mean, it's a bad storm. We found out later we drove through a tornado. We didn't know. We, we got to the next town, and they said, whoa, were you guys driving out there? We're like, yeah, it was, you know, it was a little windy. You know, it was bad. And, whoa, that is all kinds of damage in town. You drove right through the middle of it. Like, hey, praise God, you know. But we're driving through, and it's raining. It's raining so hard you can barely see barely seek out the window and it's raining and Jamie's driving. She's so, she's so diligent. She's focused. And, and I, I had one of my thoughts. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good thought, but it was one of my thoughts. And I thought I should take a picture of this moment. And so, and I want to, <laughs> cause here's Jamie focused and it's raining and I'm thinking, Oh, that'd be a great time for a picture. So I put it on flash. <laughs> So she's driving, we're talking, and I just said, hey, Jamie, click, click, about this far from her face, and just, and immediately she just goes, because everything went white, and she's blinking, and all of a sudden I realized what I just did, I blinded her, you know, and she's, and now it's dark in there again, and she can't, and she, she turns to me with all the love of Jesus, and she says, why would you do that? Because I'm me. Oops. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair. That power has been put in us, not for us. I mean, it's for us. There's, there's benefits for having the power in us. But that power has been given to us to show Jesus, the light of Jesus, to the world. And it's not my power. It's not my power. 
That's why I can't get any glory for it. I mean, people, people tell me, hey, thanks for praying for me. This happened. It was great. Thank you for praying. Thank you. you know, your, your sermon meant this. When I'm preaching, I'm preaching by the power of God. That's my desire. My, power, my desire is to preach by the, by the anointing and power of God. And there's things that I say that I don't even realize I was going to say. Why? Because it's him, hopefully. I mean, that's what I want. You don't want to hear me preach. You don't want to hear me, you know, with all my wisdom. <laughs> I'll do something dumb like flash a light in your eyes. You know, I'll just do it, you know. But when, when it's him, stuff changes. And it has nothing to do with me. I'm just saying I'm willing to do this. I didn't want to do this, didn't want to be a pastor, but I am willing to do whatever God tells me to do. I'm willing to go there. Now, it took years before I'd do some of the other stuff, lay hands on the sick. I'm just, you know, it would, God would tell me to lay hands on the sick, and I'd say, no, I can't do that. I don't want to do he, he number of times he said, I, you know, I want you to prophesy. I want you to share this word. Two or three different times I was in situations where God said, yes, you need to stand up and prophesy. Well, I'm a, I'm a nobody, man. I'm a no, I, don't, I don't have anything. You know, what do I have to say? Well, I don't have anything to say. He's the one with the power. Man, I knew one time I was supposed to give a word. I knew it. I mean, it just burned inside of me, and I knew I was supposed to say this specific thing, and it was actually quite a long a uh, paragraph of words, and I knew it was just sitting there burning in me. And, and a guy next to me goes, "Hey, I think I think you're supposed to share something." And I went, "No, not me." You know, <laughs> like Peter, "No, not me." And I mean, it's just burning. I mean, I know exactly what I'm supposed to say. And the minister even stood. He goes, "Somebody here's got a word. Somebody here's got a word." And then I was like, and the guy nudges me again. I think it's you. And I'm like, "No, it's not me. No, it's not. Leave me alone." Did a third time. And God moved on, because I wasn't willing. Another guy stood up and gave the exact words I was going to say. Exact. Scared the snot out of me. Why? Because that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. He wanted a word. He needed something said to those people that were there. And, and I, if, I, if I had been willing, I would have done it. It would have been, oh, that was a great word. You're amazing. No, because I know who I am. I don't want to do this. But it's taken years for me to go, I'll just do it, man. I'll just, I'll, I will get up, I will say whatever you want me to say, I'll do whatever you, I'll lay hands on the sick, sure, anything you want. But it took years to get over it. I'm hoping it doesn't take that long for the rest of us. Why? Because we need to start walking in this now. So maybe, the, maybe my struggle will help you to go, you know what, why fight it? Let's just be available. Let's just let the light of God shine. It's not your light. It's not because you're good. It's not because of anything you do or don't do. It is about your willingness and your ability to allow the light of God to shine through me. Well, how do I know it's God? Just try and find out. If you, have a, if you meet somebody and, and, and the Holy Spirit says, lay hands on them, pray for them. Don't go, well, I can't. Well, no, you can't. Well, what if it doesn't work? Well, that's his deal then. That's his deal. I actually had to get to that point. That was how one of the hurdles I had to get over is, God, I'll do whatever you tell me to do, and if it doesn't happen, it's not my fault. And I'm not trying to be, you know, put God into a box or into a corner and make God do stuff. No, I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to do this because you said to do it, and I'm going to do it. And as soon as I started doing that, I started seeing stuff. I started seeing bodies heal. I started seeing people's lives change. Now, there's other times where people say, well, you pray for me. And it's like, sure, I don't necessarily, I mean, in that moment, I'm not 
I'm not, you know, I'll pray for you, but I don't know, I'm not, you know, I don't know what's going to happen because I don't, I'm sorry. And I don't understand all that theology. But what I do understand is there's power and he does, he wants to use us more often than not. He wants to, he wants to, pu- to pour through you more often than not. And it's not you. The sooner we understand, it's not us. Go to 2 Corinthians 13 as we come to a slow gliding stop for today. 2 Corinthians 13, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 3, says, Since you seek proof that Christ is speaking in me, he is not weak in dealing with you, but is powerful among you. He was crucified in weakness, but lives by the power of God. He was crucified in weakness, but he lives by the power of God. He, is, he was crucified, he died on that cross in weakness. Let that sink in. He died on the cross in weakness. How did he raise himself from the dead? He didn't. He could not, did not. He did not raise, because Paul later in Philippians says, I want to know, you know, know Christ in, in, in the power of his resurrection. He was resurrected. Who resurrected him? God the Father resurrected him. He died in weakness, but he rose again in power. That power came from God. Jesus couldn't do anything. Outside of the Father's power. When he was on this earth, when he was in his bodily form, just like you and me, he was just like you and me. He even said, I don't do anything, I don't, I don't do anything on my own accord. I don't, do, I don't say anything, I don't do anything unless I see the Father saying and doing it. It's the same for us, folks. We're in the same situation. We can, we can know him in the power of his resurrection. Why? Because we just make ourselves willing. He was willing to go to the cross. And by faith, he believed. It's in the scriptures. By faith, he believed that his body would not see decay. And what did God do? He fulfilled his word. Man, he, when he saw that faithfulness, he went, here we go, boys. We got this. We got this now. Three days, I'm going to raise him from the dead. And when he did, there was power. And there's been power ever since. But it's not our power, it's his power. But it's in weakness. The weaker you feel, sweet. The less qualified you feel, yes, we're finally there. If you feel unqualified to lay hands on the sick, perfect. Because it's not you. All that's you is obedience. All that's you is like, okay, I'll do this. Here we go. All right. Need two people, two people right now that are battling something in their body. I don't know what it is. I'm not getting that. All I know is I'm supposed to call up two people who are struggling with something in their body, some kind of a sickness. All right, we got two right there. Oh, actually, Benjamin was before you, Tom. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have you stand over here. I'm gonna have you stand over here. Awesome. Now, God is speaking to some of you. God is, you're hearing the voice of God to come and pray for these young men. 
If, you, when you, if you're one of those people who you're, you're like, yep, that's me, I want you to come right now. I don't want you to wait. I don't want you to wait a second. I want you to stand up and be obedient, and I want you to come and pray for whichever one God tells you to pray for. Go. No, yeah, go. No, that's, you're good. Quickly, quickly, Jamie, could I have you play something real quick? Is that possible? Anybody else? You, you, you might think, well, wait a second, somebody got it before me. That isn't the point. Is God speaking to you? If he is, now. It's about obedience. It's about doing what God tells you to do when he tells you to do it. It's about not worrying about what somebody else thinks. It doesn't matter what anybody else next to you thinks. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. All it is is, okay, God, I'm in. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Hallelujah. Tom, would you come up now, please? Who's supposed to pray for Tom? <laughs> See, it's just about obedience. It's just about doing whatever God says to do. And it, and it doesn't, it, it's not about, you know, lights. Anybody see any flashing lights? I mean, maybe they did. I didn't see any flashing lights. I didn't hear any trumpets. I didn't, I didn't hear any buzzers. Eh, that's the one. Eh, this is it. All it was was that in, inside voice, that, that voice that says, I want you to go do this. You just go do it. Just take that step. It's that simple. It's that demonstration of power. Watch what God does now. Wait, because we're going to have testimonies. We're going to hear testimonies of what God did this morning. Why? Because he's faithful. He's faithful. And he's good. And he loves people, man. And he loves, he wants us to be taken care of. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? He's amazing. I got to share with you what God kept saying to me all through pastor's preaching. He said, one plants and another one waters but God brings the increase. That's exactly what his message was today, wasn't it? You get to plant, you get to water, and God gets to increase. Hallelujah. You know, the things that you do, they don't have to be spectacular. Pastor John, God is prompting me to share something that happened on Friday night after we left the Bible study. I knew I was gonna do something because we went out to dinner, my sister and I, and that morning when I woke up, God had told me, said, when you go out to eat, there's gonna be someone I want you to talk to. I thought, okay, I, I can do that. I talk pretty good, and I talk often. So um, we got to the restaurant. I knew what, what God was gonna do ahead of time because he gave me uh, understanding of what was going to happen, which, you know, you always feel more comfortable in that situation than when you just have to go with the flow. But um, when that happened, I'm like, because God told me I'm going to get to the restaurant, we're going to get done, we're going to give this particular waiter or waitress a terrific tip, and then I'm going to say to her that God is always in your corner always in your corner. 
That didn't seem like such a big thing to me. But you know what she said to me after I shared that with her and gave her the tip? I said, this is just a token of what he's doing. She said, you know, I just moved here from Buffalo. Did I know that? Mm -mm. But the Holy Spirit knew it, didn't he? He exactly knew it. And he knew the word she needed to hear. So all I had to do was plant the word. And now it's God's job to send someone to water it. And then eventually God will get the increase, won't he? Because he'll bring forth the seed. But all you got to do is do the part he's given you. And it's not hard. Just open your mouth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you'll turn to Revelations, if you have your Bible, you might think, what is the offering teaching doing in Revelations? Well, you know, God is a big God. Hallelujah. And Pastor talked about his surpassing power, right? Well, in Revelations chapter 21 and verse 18 and 21, 18 talks about something that's in heaven. And um, I just want to ask you, the thing that's in heaven is streets of gold. Do you have any streets of gold at your house that goes by your, your place? I don't. I have a dirt road that goes out to a tar road. But you know, I think God wants us to get used to the fact that he's not poor. He is not without finances. He's not without the wherewithal to get your job done. And if he's given you a job to, done, to do, which I'm sure he is and has, he's got enough funds to get it done. So when you think there isn't enough, Remember, he's got gold streets. And then the next portion of this particular one, uh, oh, I, st I should have started in 19. It talks about the foundations that are upon that, in that city. There are 12 precious stones. 12 precious stones. I'm looking to find the one that I, because I did a little study on it while I got into this. Uh, let's see, where was the one that I was thinking? Ah, the emerald could be worth from $1 to $1 million a carat. That, to me, is a lot of money. Hallelujah. And this is what God makes the foundations of his city. He wants our lives to look like heaven. We're to be a picture of what God is doing in the earth. Hallelujah, he's got more than enough to give to meet every need we will ever conceive of. And I don't care if we're in America, the good old USA, or if you're over someplace far away, right, Ashley? Someplace, any place. You know, my son-in-law, Peter, and my daughter, Hannah, are in China, and I believe God can get them everything they need. And it's not good old China. You know, it's not. They've got limitations. I got the package back from them that I sent in January a week ago. <laughs> you know what? My daughter told me 
they don't usually send it back. That's God. I was getting favor because some of the things I put in there were very special. So, hallelujah. God has a way to do it. So I want you to think all week long about if you have a father and he's got the riches like God's got in heaven, how would that change how you'd act in every given situation, every financial situation? Would you reach out and do things for God and let him have the results? Let him be the one who's responsible. Hallelujah. God is good. God is very good. Twelve different kinds of gems. Twelve. One for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. God hasn't forgotten Israel, but you know what? He's not forgotten you or me either. Whatever he's told you to do, God will do. He's amazing. But he will do it a step at a time in your life the way he wants it done. I encourage you to do as Pastor said. Just be willing. Hallelujah. There are a lot of different ways to give, and I'm trusting they're going to put some up on the board there. You know what? You guys can read. I'm going to ask them to leave those up there. I'm not going to say a word about that because God's in charge. And he knows what he wants you to do. He wants you to give in your heart what you want to. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All week, think about the abundance of your God. I grew up in a family that didn't have abundance. But I have a beautiful house. God has done marvelous things for me. Because I'm special? Not really. I'm special to him, but I'm not really special, right? And we're all on that same plateau doing God's will. Hallelujah. I like to pray, and I ask you to give as God tells you to give or as you want to in your heart. Father, I just thank you this morning for the word that we've heard. Help us to be your light wherever we go, today, tomorrow, this week. Help us to hear your voice and obey it. And help us to be confident that you know what you're doing, that you really are what we need you to be. Show us that in your word so that we can trust in it, God. Prepare us for what you want us to do, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I ask, Father, that you'll give bread and seed today. Seed to be multiplied, but bread for those who may need it. And I just commit this week to you, God. I'm asking you to do as Ephesians says more than we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Hallelujah, Lord. You are so good. This morning, I have a little bit of bad news, but it's also good news. The bad news part is, is that uh, this is Ray and Molly's last 
Sunday here. They're moving, moving to Texas. Glory to God. And uh, we want to pray for them before they head out. And so why don't you guys come on up. And uh, if you have anything you'd like to say real quick, I want you to, now that I got you all emotional, I, uh, I just want to say I know the part of the vision for this church is to raise up ministers to, to go out, send out. And I've been in the ministry for 18 years, but after being here for a year, I feel better prepared than I've ever been before. And also thanks to, to Debbie Neitzel and, and her teaching and, and her always being willing to answer questions. Circuit Riders Christian Fellowship Ministries is healthier than it's ever been before. Amen. Amen. So they're going to be moving down there. They have uh, jobs down there, but the ministry continues, Circuit Rider Ministry. And for those of you who don't know, Ray is the, you know, the national president of Circuit Riders, and, and Molly uh, makes, makes the rest of it run, right? <laughs> At least keeps him in, keeps him in order. So we're going to pray for them, but everybody who loves them, why don't you come on up? Even if you don't love them, come on up. We're just going to have you guys pray. We're going to pray for them. If you need to be dismissed, hey, it's been a wonderful week. We'll see you next week. But we're just going to close out this service just praying for them and leave as, the, as you need to, as you want to. Hallelujah.